grace and peace to you and welcome to Reaching for Real Life with Sean Azaro, the senior pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. Now this is a church that exists to help people just like you find the real life you were created for and then find it to the full. That's what Jesus said in John 10.10. And the Christian life is above all a supernatural experience. So what can we do to understand this life, a life so radically different than what we're accustomed to? How do we move beyond what is touched and seen to the reality of God's Spirit inside of us? The series is called The Spirit-Filled Life. It's part two in the message, The Infilling, as Pastor Sean is in Romans chapter 8. It's time for Reaching for Real Life. The Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. I don't know, but that sounds pretty good to me. Resurrection power in us? And now listen, verse 12, so then brothers, and and what I want you to note there is he's talking to believers, brothers and sisters. So then believers, we are debtors not to live to the flesh. Verse 13, but if you believers, he's not talking to unbelievers here, but if you brothers, sisters, believers, if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the spirit of God are sons of God. You did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you've received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. The Spirit bears witness that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. He's talking to believers and he's saying, in the flesh you can't, but you've been filled with the Spirit. And look at all these things that the Spirit does. That's why our greatest failure is the failure to seek and surrender to the infilling of the Spirit. A few things he says about the Spirit. Let me outline some of those real quickly. First, the infilling assures us of who we are in Christ. The infilling assures us of who we are in Christ. We talk about the assurance of the believers and we get into systematic theology and the theology of Calvinism and all these things. And I want to say there's been some real damage done in the name of that doctrine because it has lended to, it's pushed us to this idea of contractual. Well, I said a prayer, I received Jesus, I was sincere, so I'm done. If you think that, you are absolutely wrong. You are not done. The whole point is it's a beginning. He says, the assurance is, verse 16, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. You want to know how you're the children of God? The Spirit of God dwells in you. It reminds you of who you are. And I got to tell you, that's really good news because a lot of us could use some reminding right now. He says, you are the children of God. You get a new nature. You're filled with his Spirit. You're different. You're in a new family now. You are the children of God. This isn't some just kind of romantic language, poetic, that maybe hopefully one day that'll become true. No, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, his spirit resides in you. You are the child of God. That's just a done deal. He gives you a new name. You're a child of the king. We need to understand how powerful and significant that is. And he says, verse 11, that incredible verse the same spirit who raised jesus from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies to a spirit who dwells in you do you know what that means that you are the temple of the holy spirit that's what paul says in first corinthians six nineteen. He says our bodies are the temple of the holy spirit he lives in us 
Jesus said something similar in John 14, 16, 17. I will ask the Father, he'll give you another helper to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him. You know him for he dwells with you. And look, will be in you. That's an interesting phrase if you're wanting to understand kind of the nature of the infilling. Because he dwells with you, which was current right now, that's present to those disciples in John 14, the night that Jesus was betrayed. He dwells with you. But look what he says. He will be in you. What was he talking about? Pentecost. He's talking about what would happen at the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came and they were all filled and what would be forevermore. The infilling of the Holy Spirit. The infilling assures us of who we are in Christ, our nature, the infilling, our presence, the, the presence of him in us. That's why this is such a big deal, and that's why the biggest problem with the church today is our failure to seek and surrender to the infilling of the Spirit. Second thing Paul assures us of, and this is really important, the infilling empowers us to live like Jesus. It empowers us. Remember what he said? He said the flesh can't do it. It's impossible. Okay, you can try in the flesh. I can try to be as Jesus-like as I, as I want, but without the presence and power, it's not going to happen. But his presence in us gives us power. That's what Jesus said in Luke 24, 49. He told them, behold, I'm sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with what? With power from on high. That's one of the biggest challenges of the church today. That's one of the biggest grievances. That's one of our biggest struggles. We often live as though there is no power. And that's messed up. Because it's not because of the word. It's not because of the spirit. It's because of our failure to seek and surrender to the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Paul talks about this power in Ephesians chapter 3. I'm going to read a few verses here, and then I'll make some comments. He says, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father. This is verse 14, Ephesians 3, 14 through 21. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and earth is named, that according to, listen, according to the riches of his glory, which is a lot. Okay, he's God. He's got a lot of riches, a lot of glory. According to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with what? With power through his spirit in your inner being. Power to live like Jesus, those who have the Spirit should be victorious. Those who have the Spirit should be overcoming. Those who are filled with the Spirit should manifest the presence and the power of Jesus. That's normal. To not is not normal by New Testament standards. The exact same Spirit that lived in Jesus lives in us. Listen to the way the prophet in Isaiah 11, 1 and 2 describes the Spirit that would rest on Jesus says, there shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse. This is a prophecy, and a branch from his root shall bear fruit. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. Would you like wisdom and understanding? Would you like real wisdom to know? When, when you're hearing two different sides of a story, and you're like, how do I know? Would you like the wisdom and understanding to s- discern what's right? According to the word, the spirit of wisdom and understanding that gave Jesus wisdom and understanding resides in you. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. The spirit of counsel and might. The spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. That's the spirit that empowers you and I. Or at least it should. Jesus said it in John 
16, 13 through 15, I kind of, I was reading this again. I wish I would have included verse 12 because verse 12, Jesus says, there's more I have to tell you, but you can't bear it right now. There's more I want to re- reveal to you, but you couldn't take it. And he's saying this to the guys who, who, you know, had seen him walk on water. The guys who handed out the loaves and fishes on the day when he fed the multitude. And he's saying, yeah, there's more I want to tell you, but you couldn't handle it right now. You couldn't bear it. And then he goes on to say, but when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. So God, as you grow, as you mature, he will continue to give you truth, continue to reveal what he has. For he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine, says Jesus. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Do you understand that what Jesus is saying, he's the spirit of truth. He will guide you. He will lead you. He will give you everything Jesus has for you. In other words, you will know what to do and you will have the power to do it. That's the kind of power. So back to Ephesians 3. Paul continues. Memory says you'll be strengthened with power through the spirit in your inner being. Verse 17, he says, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength. There's that idea again, power. You may have strength to comprehend with all the saints. What is the breadth and length and height and depth? I love that he talks about to, to comprehend the love of God. But verse 19 he says, you'll have strength to comprehend with saints with the breadth, length, height, and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you be filled with all the fullness of God. I, I love that. Um, because there is something to comprehend the love of God. Because we live in a world where we see love, and we see it on a human level, and we see love that says, if you, know, you do this, 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 and then I'll love you. So for us, it's really challenging sometimes to even comprehend the love of God. But he doesn't stop there, and I'm so grateful, because he doesn't just say that you'll comprehend it. I think a lot of us think if I study it, and if I have a mental grasp of it, then I have the love of God. No, he says that you will comprehend and that you will know the love of God. In other words, that you'll experience it. You see, I can study the love of God. I can write wonderful papers on the love of God. But if I've never received and experienced the love of God, I will never be able to give the love of God before I can ever give and walk in the love of jesus christ i have to let his spirit fill me and i have to receive the love of god i have to receive forgiveness i have to receive his grace i have to have i have to get to where i when i think about god's love it brings tears to my eyes and i struggle for words because how do you describe a love like that that's what it means to comprehend but then to know the love of god and he says that you may be filled with the fullness of our father and filled with his love And then Paul wraps up and says this, and I want you to hear this. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power, there's that idea again, at work within us. He's able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power working with us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. I want to say whatever you may have imagined or asked for in context of your spiritual life, um, it's it's much smaller and what God can and will do for those who are filled. Whatever you've prayed for. And I'm not talking about carnal stuff, because, you know, we can pray in the flesh. Lord, I need to drive that. Lord, I need to have that. Lord, I need... That, that, that's, that's not what he's talking about. But stop and think about the things that you've maybe even barely dared hope for. People in your life who you thought, they're too difficult to case. They're too broken. There's no way. Someone you love and care about, but you just go, I can't... I've almost lost hope that they could surrender and turn to Christ. To him who can do exceedingly abundantly, beyond all we ask or think, to him be the Lord. 
that's the power, according to his power working in us. One of the great tragedies is that we would pray and dream too small for the kingdom of God and the spirit of God. What does he want to do? What vision does he want to give you? You're filled with the spirit. The same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead resides in you. How are you doing walking and living in the spirit? We should expect supernatural power and expect the work of the spirit to be supernatural in our lives. Why I think our greatest failure is the failure to seek and surrender to the infilling of the Spirit. And this is when we take a quick minute to remind you, you're listening to Reaching for Real Life with Pastor Sean Azaro, a listener-supported ministry of River City Community Church, in this message called The Infilling, right here in the series called The Spirit-Filled Life, as found on our sermon page at reallife.org. And while you're there, if you've been blessed by this teaching, your financial gift helps this radio ministry continue to help others just like you. Just find the Give tab at reallife.org. And if you're looking for a new church home, here's your invitation from Pastor Sean. River City Community Church is a church for real life. Real life is what we were created for and what we're all about. In fact, our mission is more people living real life by passionately following Jesus. Hi, I'm Pastor Sean Azaro, and we believe we were made to have a life full of meaning and purpose that can only be found in relationship with our Creator. That's what real life is. It's not just a church thing. It's a way of living that powerfully impacts every area of our lives. River City is come as you are and has a relaxed, casual feel with practical teaching, inspirational worship, and age-appropriate ministry for the whole family. We're located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Matama Park. Our service times are Sundays at 9.30 and 11.15 and Mondays at 7 p.m. River City is a church for real life, and so our home on the web is reallife.org. We hope you'll come and see us as you travel the road to real life. And now the conclusion to the message, The Infilling. This is Reaching for Real Life. A third thing, very important idea here, the infilling satisfies the longing of our hearts. Paul talks about this, how we are children, how the Spirit assures us we know. It satisfies the longing in our hearts. Understand something, as people, we are born with a desperate longing in our hearts, something to be filled. And we go and try to fill that with all different kind of things. All different kind of things. It's a beautiful passage where Jesus has an encounter with a Samaritan woman at a well. Pretty familiar story. You may know it. She shows up in an odd hour of day alone, and they start talking about water. She's at a well. Why wouldn't they talk about water? But she quickly realized there's something different about this Jewish man who will speak to her when a Jewish man would never speak to a Samaritan woman. And they start talking about water. And he says to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. Remember, this is a woman who we later find out in the story um, had had five husbands and was living with a guy who wasn't her husband. Kind of a textbook thirst, right? She's got that eternal thirst we all have, and she's trying to quench it through relationships, and it's not working. Whoever drinks of this water here in the well, is going to be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I give him will never be thirsty again. And then it says, the water that I give him will become a spring of water welling up to eternal life. You want to know what that water is in couple chapters over in John 7, Jesus makes a pretty big display. On the last great day of the feast, Jesus stood up and cried out. Can you imagine? In a crowd. 
If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Verse 39 explains it. Now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet the Spirit had not been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Only the Spirit can satisfy. You see, drink at the fountain of wealth, which a lot of us have been trained to drink at. Satisfy the thirst through wealth. Jesus says, yeah, you can try, but you will thirst again. How about fame? Fame do it for you? And if I, rec- if I get this achievement, if I'm recognized, then I'll, I'll be there. Then, my heart, then I'll be okay. Jesus says, yeah, no, not so much. You'll thirst again. Pleasure, achievement, education, sex, even human love. And you will thirst again. But those who are filled with the Spirit will find that thing their heart has been longing for. And that thirst will be quenched because it's like a river of water that springs up and keeps springing up from within. One of the great tragedies of the church is people who bear the name of Jesus, who are sincere and they try to follow Jesus, but it's obvious by watching and by talking that there's still a thirst that is unquenched. They're still trying to go to these other wells, whatever they are, wealth, relationship, achievement, you, you name it. They're still trying to quench that thirst with other things. When they've been filled with the Spirit of God, and if they will truly seek and surrender to the infilling of the Spirit, that thirst will be quenched and they will never thirst again. That's what Jesus said. The greatest failure is the failure to seek and surrender to the infilling of the Spirit. Last thing, and this is so important, I want you to hear this because I don't know where your theological backgrounds are. We've all come from different places. I came from a place, you came from a place. Last thing, the infilling of the Spirit. The infilling is an everyday encounter with the Almighty. Let me say that again. The infilling is an everyday encounter with the Almighty. It is not a one-time thing. Now, two different schools of thought theologically. One says that there's one experience. You're saved and you're filled with the Spirit. That's it. Okay? The other says, no, no, there's a second, you're saved, and you get some of the Spirit, but there's a second experience called the infilling. Let me just say to you, both are right, and both are wrong. You're like, that's very unsatisfying. <laughs> I know, and not that? We'll just walk right up that middle. <laughs> both are right, both are wrong, because there is a second experience, and a third, and a fourth, and a fifth, and so on, and so on. And so on. In Acts chapter 2, you remember what we're told? Jesus prophesied, you go, wait, you'll be baptized with the Holy Ghost. Well, in Acts 2, they were. Remember? They're in the upper room. Acts 2, 4 tells us they were filled with the Spirit. That's why those words, baptized in the Spirit and filled with the Spirit, are interchangeable. Jesus used in, in Acts 1, said you'll be baptized. In Acts 2, when it described what actually happened, it says the word filled. They're interchangeable. It's fine. That's for you theological nerds who are like really worried about that. For all the rest of you who don't care, I'll move on. But he says they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the ability. But what's interesting, in Acts chapter 4, remember Peter and John are arrested. They finally are ultimately released. They go back. The people pray, have this incredible prayer meeting in thanks. And it says, Acts 4.31, this is a lot of the same people who were in Acts 2. It says, and when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken. And they were all what? They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Do you understand 
that this is talking about something that happens over and over and over again. You know, in my upbringing, Pentecostal upbringing, where there was this question, okay, well, the second experience is that you're getting more of the Spirit. I want to say, according to Romans 8, you're not getting more of the Spirit. In fact, if you don't have the Spirit, you can't be in Christ. I don't think it's you getting more of the Spirit. I do believe it's the Spirit getting more of you. I think that's what the infilling is about. It's about that sense of, of letting the Spirit fill us. And it happens over and over. It is a regular, everyday encounter with the Almighty where I say, Lord, I want you. And every day I seek the infilling. Lord, I've got flesh. I can operate in the flesh. Right now I can operate in the flesh. Come up to me after church and say something I don't like. I won't. I'll be in the Spirit, I promise. But you know what I mean? We all laugh because you know what I'm talking about. We have the potential to respond in the flesh, don't we? But you understand, here's the other side. We say, oh, well, I'm a sinner. I can't do anything about that. That is exactly wrong. I have the potential to respond in the spirit too. And so do you. And Paul says, I have a choice. If I choose to live in the flesh, I will get what the flesh gets. I will literally quench the Holy Spirit. But if I choose to instead be filled with the spirit, listen to the spirit and respond to seek and to surrender to the infilling of his spirit i will begin to experience the things that god said i would the things the new testament says i will and you will too the greatest failure in the church today is the failure to seek and surrender to the infilling of the holy spirit folks i just want to say to you um there's something wrong with eagles that can't fly and we're supposed to soar you are supposed to soar in the spirit. And I'm tired of the church sitting here playing kind of theological gymnastics, trying to explain away why we don't, instead of saying, God, help and forgive us, getting on our knees and repenting and saying, Lord, fill me, and I want all of it. And then when he does, here's the, here's the problem. When he does fill you, you're going to begin to be prompted and empowered to do things that are, I don't want to say weird, but they're different. I will be, because again, the flesh is going to do one thing. You understand, flesh and spirit are complete opposites. So if my ordinary MO is to operate in the flesh, when I begin to operate in the spirit, it is going to be different. I'm going to be changed. The spirit changes you. And right now we've got to decide, are we willing to be changed? Because that's the problem. Oh, it's one, I can seek the infilling of the spirit. Lord, I want more of you. I want more. But when he comes and begins to lead and begins to move, and all of a sudden, it's like, but, but that's not what I would ordinarily do. He's like, I know. That's the point. But, but they won't understand. Who, who are you going to grieve? Are you going to grieve them or are you going to grieve the Spirit? You're going to grieve somebody. The ones who won't understand or the Holy Spirit of God. Here's the thing, folks. I just want to lay it out on the line for you. I think God wants to do miraculous, powerful stuff at River City Community Church beyond anything we've seen up to this point. The question is, will we let him? Because when you become, when you are filled with the Spirit, you respond very differently than when you are filled in the flesh. And so are we willing, do we hunger and thirst for the miraculous power of God in our lives, in our families, in our coworkers, in our neighbors, in our community, in our world? Are we serious enough to really surrender to the work of the Holy Spirit? Are we desperate enough for that one who we thought was too tough a case, but I want to see him saved, Lord. I want, I want a miracle to where we, every interaction that we have, we will be filled with the Spirit. Are we desperate enough for that addict that we know and care about in our prayer, in our interactions, to be filled with the Spirit, to see them set free? I do think there needs to be a sense of desperation. 
Because here's the thing. We've somehow bought into a weird theology um, that we can have Jesus and the world. That's just not biblically true. We can't just be a sanitized version of our next-door neighbor who doesn't claim to believe in Jesus at all. We're supposed to be different. The Spirit changes us. And, and he, that is going to make people uncomfortable. That's going to make some of us uncomfortable. And I'm sorry. I wish I could find a scripture that promised you'll never be uncomfortable. I just can't. And trust me, I've looked. It's not there. But are you content just to walk around like an eagle who can't fly? Or do you want to be the people of God that he's called us to be? He's calling this church to something different, folks. In this series, we're going to talk about gifts of the Spirit. We're going to talk about the fruit of the Spirit, His transforming work in our lives. We're going to talk about the supernatural gifts. We're going to talk about tongues and prophecy. And you need to know as a pastor how uncomfortable that can make you. Because you know there's weirdness out there. And we don't want weirdness in here. No weirdness zone. No weirdness zone. I don't even know how you people got in. How did you, who let you in? I'm just saying I can't let my discomfort, my desire to keep things nice and tidy, keep the Holy Spirit from moving and doing what he wants to do. Because see, the scripture says, it talks about certain things, and I can't let my discomfort with that keep me from walking in that. Folks, God wants to do some amazing things, and some of us might be stretched and even made uncomfortable. But I believe we're going to see the power of God in ways that maybe we've never seen before. The question is, will we seek and surrender? the infilling. That's Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Reaching for Real Life. If you'd like to hear this full message, the infilling, it's available right now on demand when you find the sermons link at reallife.org. And while you're there, we'd love to hear from you. Send us an email that this program blessed you, or even better, your financial gift helps as radio ministry continue. Find the Give tab at reallife.org. But of course, you're invited to visit and join us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road right behind Rotama Park, next to the Real Life Amphitheater. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262 as Reaching for Real Life is a service of River City Community Church. We hope you join us again next time for more Real Life.